This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. Everybody, Tabitha Thomas here with another episode of Digital Agency Insiders. This is the podcast that gives you an inside look into other successful agencies and uh, entrepreneurs, how they grew and built those businesses. So if this is your first time watching the uh, podcast or listening to the podcast, I encourage you to go subscribe to us, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you're listening to us, hit that subscribe button and give us a review. I'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. So on with today's guest, I have with me Elizabeth Pompalone. She is an engaging speaker, successful entrepreneur, master networker, and trusted business advisor with over 20 years of experience, all meticulously sculpted to equip business visionaries to achieve success through the power of absolute marketing. As an agency owner for over 13 years, Elizabeth had many frustrations with the traditional marketing methods and conventions. She created Beyond the Cause Inc. to connect with nonprofits and small businesses, uh, clients to improve their time management, increase productivity, all without breaking the bank. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. So the one thing, if you've ever listened to the podcast, the one thing I start every podcast with, and this is the thing I love the most, is asking what the path of becoming an entrepreneur looked like for you. Like, how did you become an agency owner? What was that path and what did it look like? Well, I actually started out in marketing when I was seven. Uh, my mom owned several businesses, and so I really just loved the selling part of what she was doing and, and how to engage the customer and get them to buy more things. Um, and I went from there and decided to do some odd jobs as a teenager, and I helped people with their small businesses, did paperwork and filing, and helped with some marketing things. And then I started building websites when I was 13. So I really delve into, you know, the code and like becoming a programmer and I went to school for that. And then when I got out of school, I became a software developer. For, I did that for a year and it was really, really hard for me because I was so used to being around people and being in like almost a retail type of space and being in a box in a cube all day just, just was not for me. Um, at the time I was just married and I was 20 years old. Um, and then after about three months of marriage, my husband decided that he didn't want to be married anymore. So he asked for a divorce. And at that time as 21 years old, getting a divorce, hating my job, hating what I was doing. I, I didn't know what to do. And my mom said to me one day, she's like, you know what? You really need to find something to do like for real. I was doing, you know, waitressing and just kind of bouncing around. And she's like, you need to pick two things you like and just make yourself a job because I was really unemployable at that time. I, I didn't, I was too experienced because I was a software developer for certain things, but then I was too inexperienced to be in a job that would actually pay me a, a good living wage. Um, but then it would be a job I would hate also because I didn't like the software development side of things. So I was really in this middle spot where I really just didn't know what I was doing. And she's like, pick those two things and make yourself a job. So in 2007, I created my first business, which was the Jack's computer chick. And I was just going to say, you know what, it's just me. I'm going to build a client list, run it. And then when I get married again, or maybe I find another thing I want to do, I'll just let it kind of die. Yeah. Um, and I just built it with that in mind. It was just for me. 
and I wasn't going to be an agency owner. I wasn't going to hire people. And I did that for 10 years. I ended up, I did end up hiring two people to come on board for that business. And one of them ended up buying the business from me. Um, and during that time, I really had found that I really loved the website design portion of what I had done previously. So I had started building that clientele up as well. And with that, I was running two businesses. And so that's when I sold the first business, I was like, okay, I can focus on my real passion, which is web design and marketing and helping small businesses. And from there, I thought again, I'm just, I've already had the employee thing. I don't want to do that again. This is just going to be for me when it's done. It's done. Mm -hmm. About a year and a half ago, I decided that that wasn't what I wanted for real. And I changed my business model again and started the trademarking process, renamed the business and created Beyond the Cause, which really has been one of the best things I ever could have done. And that we have four people on our team now. So we're very excited to be in this space um, and hopefully to eventually pass this business on to someone else who's gonna take it even to that next level, eventually. <laughs> Well, and the fact that you're an entrepreneur means that when your dream changes, you, you just change with it. Just keep moving, which is incredible. I love how fluid that you are <clears throat> and being able to do all these different things and create these different agencies. I love it. So tell us about Beyond the Cause. What is the main focus of Beyond the Cause? Well, we work with small businesses and nonprofits um, doing managed services and marketing work for them. So what we do with small businesses and nonprofits is we start them off with our absolute marketing system, which is a five-day system. We create a brand in a day, a website in a day, 12 months of social media in a day, 12 months of blogging in a day, and 12 months of email campaigns in one day. That's a five-day process. It takes about a week for us to complete. Um, we do it with the client in person. So COVID is a little bit put a damper on that but we do meet with people in person we'll go to their offices whatever state or city they live in or sometimes they'll fly and come to us um, and meet at our offices and i just finished a week up with a client that's here local uh, about two weeks ago they were like you know what COVID or not we have to get this done they were a franchise and now they're going out on their own so we helped them rebrand redo a new website change all their pricing all the social media for 12 months email marketing um, just campaigns and blogging all of it done so now they can really start their new business um, yeah. off right and and not have to worry about all that marketing stuff that's going to kind of creep in as they go that's incredible. The fact that you can build a website in one day just blows my mind. Can I just say that? <laughs> That's incredible. I love the system. Um, is there any particular niche that you guys go after or are you kind of open to any type of business? I've worked with everything from lawyers to the, this most recent company, they do false eyelashes. Um, I've worked with companies that are, you know, entrepreneurs that kind of have a coaching background. They don't really have a specific thing they do. They do a lot of things. I worked with um, professional designers, um, you know, professional organizers, uh, fitness people that have like studios, some people that do remote, you know, people that do online classes. I mean, I've built memberships. I mean, it's just a huge range for the small businesses, but where we really found a really good 
place is our nonprofits. And we work with anyone um, that's in the 100,000 and up range. Mm -hmm. And we will take over all of their marketing, like basically be their in-house marketing for them. And we base it off of a percentage of their total revenue. So they're never paying more than they can actually afford. Um, but we're taking care of everything that I mentioned, all the website design and, and all the maintenance and all that stuff changes. We're taking care of all the social media. They don't have to really do anything for that. We're taking care of all their emails. They write us some emails and say, hey, I want to send this to my donors. We get it sent out, makes it look, make it look pretty, make sure it's going out on time. And then we also create, um, you know, all of their collateral. Like if they need a brochure or they need, you know, a booklet, we're doing all of that for them within that package that we've designed for them. So that's something that we've just recently started in the last two years. And it's really become a niche. I wouldn't say it's our only like focus, but it's yeah. been a big part of what we've been able to do because we're able to give them this percentage based value based pricing that a lot of other agencies aren't doing right now. That's incredible. So as a business owner, how does that affect you as far as budgeting and planning? Because you don't exactly know what number things are going to come in at because it's based on the percentage. So how do you work around that as an, as a business owner? So we actually base it off their previous year. So oh, okay. it's all, it's very even and that's good for them too, because now they know exactly what it's going to cost them every single month. But what our goal is, is to take over that marketing so that they can actually go out and, you know, get more donations and do more events and have more people being aware of the organization because we've actually been helping them with that marketing piece that often falls to the wayside because they're doing so many other things, dealing with their board and making sure that things are going out on time and making sure that their constituents are actually getting the help that they need or whatever it is that they're providing. So, you know, they're coordinating so many other things, these directors, and um, we're trying to be there to help take that marketing piece off their plate when usually it's, it's kind of left to a volunteer maybe or someone who's on staff, but they also have other 10 other hats they're wearing. So, we really want to take that off of them and, and also, you know, have them with, give them beautiful marketing because, uh, you know, they may be able to do it themselves. Also, they might have a time even, but they might not have the expertise that we do to really grab that audience and really give them exactly what that message is in a really concise and beautiful way. I love it. I love it. And it probably feels pretty good working with nonprofits too. It's gotta be very fulfilling for you as an owner. Yeah, and, and we love working with them because um, my staff gets very into what the what the nonprofits are providing for the community. So we have I have a staff person who's actually in England, and, and she loves the fact that even though she's not even in this country, she's like, wow, they're doing this and they're doing this. And she just gets really like hyped up on it. She just loves it. So, um, you know, we really want to pick, we try to pick, you know, nonprofits that we know need our help. Um, but also at the same time that we know that we can help because we have that passion, that same passion that they do for their, their, their constituents and their base. That makes waking up every day and doing what you do so much better. Cause you just really enjoy what it is that you're doing. So, oh yeah. Uh, so how do you get in front of potential clients, whether that be small businesses or these nonprofits, like what does your outreach look like for your business? Well, when I started my first business, um, my mom said, pick the two things. Uh -huh. I told her I liked old people and computers. <laughs> 
So she was like, okay, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to find that? You know, and she really left it up to me. Like she didn't know. And I said, well, um, there's a lot of senior centers where I live and I'm going to just call each one and, and see if I can teach a computer class. And my goal was to mainly just teach a class. <clears throat> but what ended up happening is I would teach a class and someone would say, well, my computer doesn't do that. But at the time, we didn't have laptops we could just, you know, take around with us. It was more desktop-based. Mm -hmm. And all these older people had all these huge desktops, and they were not going to bring them in, you know. So I said, fine, I'll come to your house. And I thought, you know, little old people, they're so cute. I, they won't harm. I'll be fine, you know, going to their house. It's no big deal. So I just went, you know, right over to their house and helped them with their computers. And I found that that teaching format was really great because it gets you in front of someone. It gives you the credibility. They're there to learn from you. It also gives you that rapport built super fast because you are showing them something. You're giving them that aha moment almost immediately. And of course I had some curmudgeons that along the way that were like, Oh yeah, I didn't learn anything, you know, but most, for the most part, you know, they were very grateful and they were also interested in more. And so that's where I really parlayed that into the Jack's computer chick business where I would just go and fix their printer or go and help them create a word document or something like that. But then they would tell their friend, Oh, you're trying to do this. Yeah. You should call her. She's going to help you. Even though that friend had never heard of me or maybe never even been to a class, it really gave me that great network of people that really loved me and wanted to see me succeed and really rooted for me. And so I would just go ahead and, you know, go into their communities and, and they would send me those people. So it gave me a great network to go through. That's awesome. So what does it look like now with the business, the way it is with the small business and the nonprofit stuff? How are you getting in front of people now uh, for that business? So I'm doing the same thing. Um, and that's where that foundation came from. So I go um, to the SBDC, which is Small Business Development Center. They're all over the country. They're through the SBA. And I also have been a SCORE volunteer for about eight, nine years now. Um, and so what I do with that is I go in and I teach, whether it's a, I get paid a small amount um, or I teach for free. And I just teach what I know and what I love, which is marketing. I talk about social media. I talk about branding. I talk about websites. Um, I with SCORE, I teach a four series class. It's four months in a row. Um, and I see the same people every, you know, every month, but then new people will come to the class because it's not like a set, you know, closed group. So I get a lot of people from that. And I actually had a client book um, a four day session with me a couple of weeks ago and they called and they were like, you're the girl in the green dress, right? And I was like, well, yeah, that, that would be me. And they said, yes, we saw you. And they, they described this class that I taught and that my branding coupled with the things, you know, the classes that I teach and, and the way that I teach them, whether it's virtually or whether it's, you know, in person, that has been my biggest source of recurring people just coming to me over and over and over. Or they'll say, I saw you in an email. They told me you were teaching this class. I didn't get to go to it, but I'm, I want to talk to you about, you know, marketing, or I want to talk to you about my website. So, you know, even those little things, just them telling people that I'm teaching a class can even bring me people as well. That's incredible. So is a lot of your client base local people or do you find that you've got clients from all over the U.S. too? So if they've got, do you have virtual uh, meetups as well, meetings? 
Yeah, so the SBDC is actually all over Florida, and when they do their virtual classes, anyone from the state of Florida can attend that. Um, and then from there, people will say, oh, my friend needs you, or I told my friend about you, I saw you in a meeting, and I didn't really need you, but I sent my your information to my friend, because now that person has met me. I built the rapport with the first person, then they feel comfortable sharing my information or me with their friends. So then I've had people in Canada, you know, all over the Western U.S., Ohio, New York, and then all the way in like Australia. And I do a lot of Facebook group networking as well. So I go in Facebook groups and I just answer questions That's over great and over. <laughs> and questions usually, but yeah. over and over and over. And having that brand present where I have my picture, I'm in the green dress, that's visible all the time. And I start every post with a green heart. So my, my comment will stand out in a sea of comments because every post that I write has a green heart on it, the emoji. So it really does just keep me kind of top of mind and also makes that brand more present where people are like, that green heart girl, that green dress girl, like that's what keeps us going forward with that. Really clever. I like it. <laughs> I'm like, that's really, really smart because <laughs> I run Facebook groups too. And I, you, that would make you definitely stand out. So yeah. how much time a month are you spending or a week are you spending doing these virtual classes and how much time are you spending in these Facebook groups? So I'm on Facebook every single day. Um, I basically just scroll through my feed. I know they don't really give me everything, but with the groups, you get a lot more than you do from like a page. Mm -hmm. So I see the questions pop up in the group. Um, I'm, I'm probably on Facebook probably at least once or twice an hour, just kind of a few minutes of scrolling, you know, put it down, do some work, come back to it later. Um, sometimes two or three times a day. It just depends on the day, the work day. Um, and I do all day sessions with clients. So then if I'm with a client all day, I don't obviously look at Facebook at all. So now I'll just like look at it maybe once in the evening and just scroll through and answer any questions. I miss a lot of questions too, but it's, it's not about answering every question. It's just about being present. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I do that. And then, um, as far as like the, the teaching, the classes, I do those whenever they have the availability, I might teach two or three a month. Okay. Um, and they're about an hour long and I have presentations that are pretty much set. I mean, if you ask me to talk about social media right now, I could probably give you a two hour presentation with, without even any slides. Yeah. So it's something that I just have in my head that I've done so many times, but I initially, when I have a new topic, I'll create a slideshow and just have that ready to go. And it's about 30 minutes of, of presentation time and a room for questions. Mm -hmm. um, but I do those about two to three times a month. And then the other thing I do is podcasts. And I do those about two to three times a week. And I'm on different podcasts. And that has started to pick up some traction, but it, it's a very long-term process. You know, I'm putting myself out there on podcasts and I'm, that's a, that's a long-term, you know, six months to a year for that to even bring people to me. So, um, but that's a little more long-term piece, but those classes, not very much time during the week um, or during the month even. And then as far as other things, like I do a lot of in-person networking when we were all doing that. Um, and I go to two to three of those a week as well. So two to three lunches a week, just to make sure that I'm out in the community and meeting new people. Those are more for awareness. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of marketing that you can do and you can be on, you can do Facebook ads, you can do all this stuff, 
but there's there's two things there's awareness and then there's lead generation and i feel like that the classes are really my lead generation podcasts more awareness mm-hmm. and you know the networking the in-person networking more awareness so really the lead generation really comes from the classes I like it. I like it. We teach our people to go and join civic organizations because every civic organization we know needs speakers to come in and teach things. So that's another great, and I'm, I'm assuming that you do those as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a, again, that networking. Um, and then every speaking opportunity I see, I apply for it or I, I reach out to the person. Um, and that may not come back to me for a while because sometimes they've already got their speakers booked for a long time or whatnot, but it's going to eventually come back or some Someone's going to recommend you also. And then you've got those two approaches coming at the person like, oh, I'm hearing about this person all the time. Um, And so I I just apply for every opportunity. And I actually was at a conference um, at Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida, and it was about two years ago. And the guy who was supposed to be presenting, I was not a speaker, by the way, I was just an attendee. He was supposed to be presenting. He wasn't there. And everybody was waiting. And it was this big auditorium. And I just thought, you know what, this is an opportunity. And I got up on stage. And I said, hey, everybody, my name is Elizabeth. Um, I want to network with you guys. I want to get to know you while we're waiting for our speaker. Why don't we go ahead? And so I just had people start doing this little networking exercise that I do with people. And they were just loving it. And then the guy comes in and he's like, who are you? (laughs) And he was a little bit miffed that I was on stage. And I was like, look at that speaker. And I walked off stage, but it was just an opportunity that I saw that no one else was taking. And now every single person that was there met me and knew who I was. That is incredible. That took some guts to get up on that stage and do that, especially with just being another attendee. I would, I don't know that I'd have the guts to do that. (laughs) I applaud you for that one. That's incredible. So what does uh, onboarding look like when you bring in new clients? I know you've got a five-day process with most of them uh, beforehand. What does it look like to onboard them? I actually keep mine really, really simple. Um, And I did this several years ago because I was getting stressed out with all the onboarding that I was learning about. And I was like, I don't know how you guys are doing all this stuff. There's so much paperwork and so many questionnaires. And I think people try and like add so much to their onboarding so that they don't have to do stuff later or get stuff from the client later. And that's why I really started with the in a day sessions because I was waiting you know, 30 days to get info from people. And then on day 29 of 30, they would send me everything. And then I would have to build the site in a day anyway. So I started really just saying to my clients, here's your invoice. I do a 15 minute phone call first. I mean, that's like simple 15 minutes. Um, we have pollen here, by the way. So like allergies are crazy, but, um, outside of my house is nothing but yellow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so I do a 15 minute phone call. Are we a good fit or not? Sometimes it ends up um, being about 30 minutes, which is, you know, great. And then if they're like, yes, I want to do this. I say, great. Here's your invoice. Here's your contract. Sign, sign, done. And then I send them a checklist and I say, you know what? This checklist is for you. If you want to prep and be ready, you can do all this if you want. Mm -hmm. If you are like stressed out, don't even touch it. Like ignore what I'm sending you. And they're like, well, what are we going to do on the day? And we have, we only have eight hours. And I'm like, don't worry about it. All of this is built into our day. I'm going to get all this information from you. The only thing I can't get from you is a, a photo, like your headshot. Oh, I already have that. Great. 
Like it's, it's super simple. I try to take the pressure off of them until we meet. And then when we meet, I'm like, give me this. Oh, let me find it. And they get on their computer. Give me this. Let me find it. They get on their computer. Then they're focused. So my onboarding is like, like nothing. Nice. It is like super, super simple. And then when I sit with them on that day, I'm just pulling info out of them, putting it on the site, pulling it, putting it on a site. You don't have that. Let's write it. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to write a sentence about this, a sentence about this, because I already know what they need. Um, and so really I've kind of taken that onboarding process and dismantled it really. And said, you give me the minimum amount of information and a deposit (laughs) the first day. And then when we actually sit down together, you're going to feel like you're accomplishing because you're not sitting around waiting for me to create something. And I'm not sitting around waiting for you to figure something out. Uh, We're working together on it. And we're face to face where that's why it works in person so well, because I sit across the table from someone and I'm like, focus up. Where's your bio? They can't ignore you. You're right. You're not going away. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And I even recommend people that don't want to do this type of quick process with someone. Maybe they can't really do that for what they're doing. I recommend that you at least have a session like that whether it's on zoom or whatever, it's like, okay, we've got uh, 10 minutes. We're going to talk about bio and oh, I don't have one. Let's write one. Let's collaborate on a Google doc so we can both be typing. I'm going to watch you type and then I'm going to maybe copy edit what you've written or ask you questions to fill in more info and then like go to the next thing. And then you have a bio that's perfectly written, you know? So um, there's ways you can do that without doing it on the, all on the same day. But I just find it's easier for me to just cram it all into one day and just get it done. I love it. I love it. I, yeah, you're right. You get so much more accomplished when you're setting right in front of people. I used to work for a company, an ad agency in Phoenix. I got 10 times more done when I flew there for one week than I did the six weeks that I was actually at home. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's really easy for them to ignore you when you're not right there in front of you. So I'd, I'd, I'd show up and be like, okay, so you didn't answer my email. Let's talk about it. <laughs> right. Uh, so do you do anything special outside of just, you know, uh, giving really great service to get clients to keep coming back to you? I mean, is there any tricks or anything that you, uh, that you do to have them keep coming back or is it a one and done kind of thing? And well, it used to be. And since we've been doing the managed services of, of being, you know, in their face every month for their marketing, um, it's been really great to kind of do the 12 month contract system. So um, we either have a month to month maintenance contract, which is very, you know, very small. It's a very short list of the things we'll do for that. And then the managed services is a 12 month contract. It's like we're investing in you, you're investing in us, we're in this together for the long haul. Um, but to keep people coming back, I really feel like customer service is huge and people are always like, customer service. but I take it a little bit further than that. And I actually talk about more like people service. I used to, when I had my um, computer business and I hadn't heard from someone in a long, long time, I would pull out my list and I had about two to 300 clients. Um, and, and there would be people there'd be like, I would have dry spells where just be, nobody would be doing anything. Everybody's computers would be great. Cause I fixed them so great. Um, and so what I would do is I would get up my list and I would say, I haven't seen this person in at least three to six months. Mm-hmm. And I would literally just give them a phone call and I would take a day, a whole day. And I would call every single person in that three to six month range and say, how are you like, how are you doing? And they would tell me about their cat. They would tell me about their son. They would tell me, I mean, it was like, Oh, I burned the bread the other day. I mean, it was just random stuff, Uh but they felt like I cared about them. And I I did, but they, they had that feeling, that connection that, 
wow, it's not just about computer stuff for her. You know, she's calling and asking me how I'm doing. And then they would say, you know what? I was trying to print that recipe the other day. Maybe you should come over. Um, let, let's pick a day. And it was just like instantaneous money um, because all I did was sit there and listen to them for like 20, 30 minutes. And I kept the limit. I didn't just let them go on, you know, forever. But I did say I'm going to spend at least 30 minutes with each of these clients that has kind of left me in the dark a little bit for the last three to six months. Yeah. And that brought them right back. The other thing I do now is I have a, um, a gift basket company that I work with. She makes these custom gift baskets. And you think gift basket, like huge cellophane ribbons. No, these are little mail packages. And I just sent one out this week to my clients. I'm so excited. It's going out, um, I think, today or tomorrow. And it is a – everything is green, so it's all my colors. Uh-huh. I'm sending them a matcha tea. Okay. A, piece, a little piece of handmade green soap. And it's my favorite. This is my COVID, my COVID gift basket. I'm sending them a little one single use toiletry wipe that's in a green package. <laughs> you need to throw a little hand sanitizer in there too. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it, this is a flat mailer. So I was like, okay, I gotta be like, you know, so, but it's just this three items, simple, some yeah. relaxation stuff, some soap, wash your hands, yeah. um, a little bit of toilet paper and thrown in, and then a little note for me. And this is just me sending it to all my current clients. Nice. They're, they're already paying me. I'm not trying to woo them. I'm not trying to, you know, get them on the hook for something. It's not to any potential clients. It's just to my current list. And these things cost me like 10 bucks a piece, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And it's just so worth it because they're going to get that this week and they're going to go, this is hilarious. I definitely needed this one piece of toilet paper <laughs> and it's just fun, but it's also me telling them, I didn't forget about you. I'm still here for you. Yeah. We're still working together. We should do still on maintenance or whatever, but I'm thinking about you and I want you to know that we're still buds like, and all this craziness I'm here still. Yep. So, I love it. So what is the, with your agency, what you're doing now, what is the one thing that is your absolute favorite about what you're doing right now? Um, there's two things, actually. I love working with the nonprofits. Um, I, I love onboarding them because we get to do all their social media up front, which is amazing. And I get to like create everything. And my team is so awesome. They like have all these ideas. And so I love onboarding my new nonprofits. And then of course we work with them through the whole year. So we get to do even more stuff, but that first initial month is like super stressful because <laughs> we're doing everything, but it's also really fun because we're just creating. It's just so much creativity for me and the team. Um, and my second thing is I restarted my podcast, which uh, I said I would never do again, (laughs) but I came up with a formula that works for me. Finally. Um, I'm, I'm big on efficiency and getting things done and having things be quick. Well, I created a two minute podcast. And so now every time I have a thought, I have an idea, I have an inspiration. I have something that maybe someone asked me a question about. And I, I'm like, man, I should tell people about this. Not just this one person has this question. Yeah. I literally record it right that second. It's two minutes. I keep the timer running so I can see exactly how long I'm speaking. 
And then later I just go through, I mean, I probably have a backlog of like 30 podcasts ready to go because I just have ideas and I just put them in my podcast system, edit them together. And it takes me like 10 minutes to edit one podcast because they're so short. Mm -hmm. And it's just been so fun for me to have this like fun, creative outlet where I can actually get all those ideas out rather than writing them down and going, I should do a video about that someday. I should do a podcast about that someday. Like it's actually getting done. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the podcast called? It is called the Absolute Marketing Podcast and it's on iTunes as well. I like it. I like it. So what is the uh, biggest challenge that you have right now in your business? What is the one thing that's just the biggest challenge? Well, COVID has really messed up my social life. (laughs) And by social, I mean my networking life because um, I do work a lot and I love working. And most of my social interaction is through work. So I do these networking events. I teach classes in person. And I think that the biggest challenge for me is to, to keep people, you know, in that pipeline when I am limited on what I can do, because a lot of my cancel classes have been canceled recently, even though we've tried to take as many of them online as we could, not all of them made it. And so I really miss that interaction with the clients, with the potential clients and just teaching in that in-person venue. Um, we're getting back to that. Thankfully I have a couple that have slated for August. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm excited, but that's been my biggest challenge recently is to just keep that pipeline filled when that's my biggest source is that in-person class. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, I'm just, you and I are a lot alike as far as needing to be around people. It's mm-hmm. really messing with my psyche being at home all day, every day. I'm like, I need, I just need a hug. <laughs> every time someone walks by the house, I'm like, Oh, who is it? Oh, let me look in the blind. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, you poor UPS guy. He's like, Oh man, she's crazy. I'm like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like backing away like no 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 <laughs> don't touch me don't come near me right. yes this is exactly right so the last question that I have is what are you currently reading or listening to that's helping you grow as an entrepreneur so uh I'm I'm listening to two things um uh and I'm reading well, I'm reading a book about the office the tv show which is really yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and it's just like, I, I think that everyone needs to relax. And when we don't do that, we get stunted in our growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of my, my new thing is I'm, I'm trying to learn to relax a little bit and like read things for fun. But we just recently in my book club, I'm in a business owner book club, and we recently read Profit First. Um, okay. And I, I, I read it, I implemented it, it saved my business last year. But I still go back to it. I still listen to it again. I still need that like reminder, like, you know, he's just in my ear going, okay, do this. Okay. Don't forget that. You know? Um, so I've been listening to that again because it just, it's just really good to have that sink in. Um, and also I've been reading a lot of Seth Godin because mm-hmm. his stuff is so much more conceptual when it comes to marketing, but I feel like it's again, one of those things that if you just like have like in your background of your mind, that it's going to come to the surface and you're going to go, that's what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's going to apply to you, you know, in that moment. So, so yeah, I've been kind of going through some of his books as well. Like it. Purple cow, purple cow. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite so far has actually been, this is marketing. So. Okay. That's a good one too. All right. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the podcast, telling us about your agency. Uh, Tell our viewers how they can learn more about you. 
You can go to beyondthecause.co or elizabethpampalone.com and all the info is there. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.